Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer, a birth fit coach, and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's degree in kinesiology, and I am currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness, as well as a mom to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Edie Wilder. I'm also the woman behind Radical Roots, where you'll find recipes, fitness insights, travel tips, consulting, and more. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. Hey guys. <laughs> uh, it's Jess and Laura again, and we have a super special guest today. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Cassie Joy Garcia from Fed and Fit. And um, Cassie is just an all around amazing human being. We're going to do our normal check in, but we are super excited to have her here. And um, this time, well, this is her first time on our podcast, but she get, gets to share a very special um, part of her life with us and with listeners as she is entering into mamahood, which is super exciting. Um, so we're going to jump into that in a second. Cassie, we do a quick little check-in with Laura and I um, real quick before we dive into the meet. And so we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet, which we've been doing really good at lately, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, but Laura, since yesterday... <laughs> Has anything exciting <laughs> happened? Yeah, for those of you listening, I know these come out once a week, but sometimes we record back to back. So I updated you yesterday, technically, though you haven't heard from us in a week. Um, <laughs> updates. This week has been really awesome in that I go back to um, my work with CrossFit HQ in two weeks, and I was feeling a little anxious because little one was kind of like needing mom throughout the day more than anything else. And now, She's gotten this really cool, like overnight where I can rusty made her like a really cool little play gym thing, the little thing she can bat. And so now we can put her down for like stretches and she looks in the mirror and she talks to herself and she's just much better at, um, you know, keeping herself entertained. And so for me, that was just like a huge relief to know that I could be working and like, she can be, you know, five, 10 feet away and she's, she's cool. So that's huge. Um, we also went to the, uh, the CrossFit, um, team series workout announcements two days ago. And, uh, we brought her and that was her first time, like meeting a lot of those people. And so that was, it was cool for me to be around everyone from work and my like CrossFit family. And it was funny. I was carrying around and she passed out. <laughs> so she was like sleeping. There's like music and working out and like people everywhere. And she was just, Yank. So that was fun, but it got me excited. Um, actually feeling good about going back to that and, and feeling like I can balance. I'm lucky enough to have rusty home most of the day. So, um, we're going to do it and I feel good about it. So yeah, that's where we're at. How about you? No, it's funny just to hear you say that, like, but kids like change so quickly. It's incredible. Like, I know I was complaining to you what, like four days ago, maybe about like, I don't know if I I can do this. Like she needs me. And it's like overnight a flip switch. So yeah. Well, and I don't, I just hesitate even saying like, but wait, because they just go through stages (laughs) where sometimes they're clingy and I know they have like a separation 
anxiety phase that comes up around like six to 12 months again, but then it passes. Like it's just waves of like, you know, where they become more aware that like you're a separate person from them. And when you leave, like, where do you go? You know, like they have to be able to see you, but it's just a whole learning experience. And if you do the, um, wonder weeks app, it's super helpful. Yeah, like it's letting spot you know, on, man. Yeah. What spot on. Expect. And I work from home. So I have that, that I'm fortunate to my work with CrossFit is remote. And so at least I can, I'm not necessarily leaving. Yeah. Plus she, I feel like that's why she knows deep down. That's why she's not taking a bottle. So I'll never be able to leave <laughs> for more than two hours. You're never or so. leaving me. <laughs> Anyways, what is new with you? Um, we already talked about Camille being sick. I don't want to be a broken record about that. Um, she's getting better. I'm trying to think. Um, nothing super, super intriguing. Um, this weekend's going to be pretty low key. I think it's actually supposed to be a beautiful weekend in Texas. Um, it's raining right now currently, and it's been raining pretty much all week. But apparently, it's supposed to get nice and cool, and so maybe Camille will be feeling better, and we'll get to go out and do some fun stuff. But I hope so. Literally nothing exciting going on. <laughs> I forgot we're going camping on Monday. One more camping trip before I go back to work. So I'm That'll excited be for that. Fun. Is this the one that's yeah, close the, by? Yeah, it's only like 45 minutes. Santa Cruz is awesome. There's campsites all over the place. So we're doing last time we went when she was like eight, six, eight, eight weeks old. Um, we didn't bring the dogs because we wanted like a trial. And yeah. now we're going now with a bunch of friends, too. So this time it's just us two dogs, baby, husband in a tent. It should be good. I'm excited. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyways, I'm excited to introduce. Let's get Cassie, yes. Cassie's voice here because it, she adds a, an extra special dose of lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie has probably the coolest bio ever. Um, so I'm going to try it because she, if you don't know, she has actually 30 hours in a day. The average person has about 24 hours to work. <laughs> she has 30. And so she gets a lot done. <laughs> it's just a gift. But she has. So I'm going to try and hit through all of the highlights of her amazing life. So Cassie is an inspiration to many and has quite a lot on her plate, pun intended. Between her first book, Fed and Fit, launching this summer, a weekly 30-minute Fed and Fit podcast, and her healthy lifestyle blog, fedandfit.com, she has continued life-changing impact on those she reaches. I can vouch for that personally. Um, However, Cassie's achievements didn't appear out of thin air. They're a result of a tireless journey that has taken hard work, motivation, and perseverance. She's come from the yo-yo journey of borderline anorexia. I think we have talked about that on the podcast numerous times, um, having dealt with that as well. College weight gain, raising my hand over here, negative body image, crash dieting, and all of the health issues that resulted. Um, But a switch to a life-changing nourishing diet has resulted in a rejuvenation of her confidence, energy, and self-esteem. We can all see that very clearly. Um, Cassie has taken what she learned firsthand from her health challenges, put in years of research, and is now giving back to those who she hopes can realize that they can do the same. She earned a Bachelor of Science degree and is a nutrition consultant and an expert in the kitchen with over 400 nutritious, nutritious recipes in her arsenal. If you haven't been to her site, it's amazing. She created her website, fedandfit.com, to empower healthy lifestyle transformations through clear nutrition science and delicious paleo-friendly foods. It brings Cassie, uh, 
Cassie Joy to interact with others that face the same struggles, that's a pun too, um, that she too endured. Cassie's first book, Fed and Fit, a 28-day food and fitness plan to jumpstart your life with over 175 squeaky clean paleo recipes um, that is currently out is really kind of like the paleo Bible at this point. I don't know if, if you have that book um, or if you don't have that book, you should definitely get it. Cassie wanted Fed and Fit to transcend the traditional cookbook and offers readers a roadmap to wellness, opening with a discussion of her four pillars of health, which I kind of want to ask her about that as we dive into a little bit. But her four pillars are mindset, sleep, hydration, food, and fitness. Um, the book offers tips on portion control and meal prep with an actionable 28-day food and fitness plan for getting healthy. And since this bio was kind of um, updated, she has launched an online program um, that you can take part in. And I'm, I'm going to have her tell us a little bit about that too, so that if any of our, any of our listeners are interested, we can kind of point them in the direct, the right direction. But it's basically a very much more supportive tribe-like community in which you can do the pillars of her book um, with other people that are kind of doing that same um, process and sharing in that all the trials and struggles and wins together. So that is Cassie. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. And you know, we're all about the tribe life here. So I love that there's a more interactive that you're offering something like that, Cassie. That's so cool. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, Cassie is entering into what is one of the most magical journeys of all motherhood. <laughs> but today we're going to chat with you all about your journey this far, your fed and fit empire, pregnancy and beyond. Um, and then we got a bunch of listener questions, which I'm super excited about. So this is going to be a good one. Um, be really awesome. We like to start with the icebreaker question, even though you're going to get a load of questions today, Kathy. <laughs> so what excites you most about becoming a mama? That's how we'll start. Oh my gosh, that's an icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I guess that was a little heavy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Have you ever had an icebreaker guest cry? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the first, but you go right ahead. You would be the first to cry on this podcast because (laughs) Jess and I probably both have. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm in good company. Well, I'm so excited to be here today with you girls. Um, Gosh, what am I most looking forward to with motherhood? I think just, you know, oh my gosh, I'm such a dorky visual person. I'm that person that just wants to walk around with a whiteboard and like draw pie charts. (laughs) Um, It's just so helpful. Uh, I would say, you know, it's like that, that saying of in the, in the pie chart of life of the things that we know and we don't know, it's like, there's this much stuff that we know, a tiny little sliver. I'm showing the girls cause we're on video. You guys can't see that <laughs> this much, you know, tiny little sliver of things that we know. And then there's a good chunk, maybe double that more that we don't know. But the majority of the pie chart, like 70% of it is all the things that we don't know that we don't know. And I'm just really excited to venture into the unknown and see the ways that, um, you know, bringing a baby into this world will change both mine and Austin's hearts and all the things that we get to learn along the way. And I'm just, I'm just really excited. It's going to be a really humbling, really wonderful experience. It definitely is. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. I just knowing you personally, you're going to be an excellent mom and Austin is going to rock at parenthood too. I'm so excited for you guys. We talk about it all the time about how motherhood is like the greatest teacher and it really like your specific kiddo is like picked for you to teach you 
either like grow you or stretch you or like teach you something about yourself that needs to be explored. Like it's just amazing. So I'm excited for you. So excited. I've never <laughs> learned so much about myself in my whole like 29 years till now as I have in, in the last 14 weeks. It's pretty incredible. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So why don't you, we touched a little bit about kind of your background on the intro, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Not, okay. That's a terrible (laughs) thing to say. Let's hear it from the Cassie's mouth. Tell us more about yourself, how you found your passion, how you got to where you are now. And, And I'm also kind of interested to see like where you see fed and fit going and evolving and like maybe other things that you're interested in expanding into. Um, so where I got started, I actually used the horse's mouth analogy earlier today. I think talking <laughs> to you, Jess, so I'm sorry. I started that. <laughs> That's why it's in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, when I got started, really, it was just, um, it was really just a selfish pursuit. I was just trying to figure out what was going on in my body on a, on a very micro scale. I was really, I didn't feel well, but I wasn't necessarily sick you know, and I was tired of dieting. It's that classic story. And this is like 20, 2009, 2010, before really there was a whole lot of mainstream, do your own lifestyle, paleo is a lifestyle, it's not a diet. You know, that campaign hadn't really been revived at that point in time. And so I was, but I was hungry for something like that. Pun intended. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have forgotten all that stuff was in that bio anyways. So I started digging into the nutrition science research. I'm kind of a nerdy science background and, uh, discovered anti-inflammatory protocols, applied them to my life. And I saw huge successful strides in how I was able to heal my body. I really just energy skyrocketed as soon as I made a few strategic, not just food changes. Cause eventually you figure out that the answers aren't on a plate. You know, the most significant answers that we can really find are going to be in other habits that we have, whether it's our mindset, how much water we're drinking, activity levels and sleep. So anyways, I just tried to overhaul everything. I did things that scared me that I'd never done before. I started lifting weights um, and that was totally new and different. And by no means am I a competitive in CrossFit or any kind of uh, Olympic lifting program, but you know, the benefits were enormous, just even on sort of my humble scale. So I did that, saw a lot of success and I had friends and family asking me what I was doing and what I was eating. So I just started the blog to share that and it just kind of blossomed. And my business plan has been this, if you can call it a business plan. It's one of those, I look back and I'm like, Oh, that's what, that was my plan. Sure. (laughs) I knew that going into it right all along. That was my plan the whole time. Um, my, my business plan is really not very sophisticated. I just waited until people gave me direction. You know, if they wanted more of one thing, then I gave them more of that thing. And if they asked, you know, you kind of find for bloggers listening and for you ladies, it's like your people, your tribe, you know, those are phrases that are thrown around a lot will find you and you kind of build this community and those people that not only helped nurture me through that transition now going on, I think eight years is my anniversary with CrossFit coming up. It's like I, those people helped me through a lot of different phases and blog readers as well. And as they had questions, it resonated with my own curiosity. So I started digging into more stuff. Um, and so fed and fit expanded. I started doing more recipes cause that's what folks wanted more family friendly recipes, freezer friendly 
casseroles. And then I dug into more of the science, started doing a one-on-one consulting practice, became a certified nutrition consultant, turned that into a program, which turned that into a book. And at the end of the day, it was just because people were saying that that's what they wanted. Um, and it jived with my own curiosities. And so where I see the business going is, um, it's more of that. I'm just trying to keep my ear to the ground of what folks are asking for. And one thing that I've heard for years, but it just took me a while. It was like someone had to shake my shoulders and say, this is it. This is what you need to do next. Um, was putting out some sort of a food product, right? Because what is the most, one of the most common complaints I get is folks are like, this makes sense. I want to eat this way. I want to feed my family this way, but I just don't have the time. I have 14 children. I have a full-time job, you know, and I just, I can't do it all. And so oh my God, I get hilarious. that. I really, I want to, I want to bridge that gap for folks, um, and be able to provide them something. So I'm working on a food product that will feed the family and just kind of make that a little bit easier. So it's just that kind of stuff. And then as far as motherhood and where parenthood is going to take us, Again, I mean, the, the readers in the community and fed and fit will change and grow. As we announced this, I was like, wow, there's a lot of birds of feather in this group. All these ladies are wanting to get pregnant or newly pregnant or have new babies and they have lots of questions. So, um, I'll just kind of see where it goes and what people ask for. And I'll try to provide that. That's amazing. Will any of your casseroles actually feed 14 people? (laughs) Plus two, right? 14 (laughs) kids plus plus mom and dad. (laughs) It could to it. It might have, <laughs> might have a tiny Tim situation. <laughs> Maybe like splitting a pea, but that's <laughs> everyone. I can't wait, honestly. Um, for like our our people, the listeners in particular, having a service. We, we talk about this a lot, you know, preparing for the postpartum phase and like, what can you bring new parents? Um, or you live far away, but you want to send them something that's really going to be helpful. I feel like the, your casseroles do feed an army actually, because you have a lot of them in your book um, and you can make those and freeze them for, and have them to be used for days. But I feel like having something that's like super, super clean, super healthy and nourishing for mamas in that, like mamas and dads in that phase is going to be so incredible. I can't, I can't wait. Like, I mean, we will like tell the world when you, when it's like actually launched and and ready to go. And I will use it for baby number two. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. I'll send you some casseroles. (laughs) Not happening too soon. (laughs) (laughs) I get like goosebumps thinking about that right now. It's like, no, (laughs) but in time. Are you having baby fever already, Laura? Um, I could, I know that I can do it again, but I don't even, I don't think I'm capable right now physically, (laughs) but I I know it's happening. Yeah. It happens fairly quickly depending on how, like I wasn't ready for a kid until like two ish years after Bear was born. Completely different postpartum scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy how some people like it's three months in and they're like, yeah, let's do this again. Super fun. (laughs) So I'm excited to see how your experience will go, Cassie. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of support too, like locally, like your parents and, um, you know, sisters are close and you have a lot of like extended family in San Antonio, right? Uh Uh-oh. Are we all there? (laughs) I think we're all here now. Cassie, can you hear us? Yes, I do. We have a lot of really close family. (laughs) 
awesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, we no. talked a lot. We started this podcast when I was pregnant, and so it was fun to kind of record each week through those very first weeks of having a baby. And we talked a lot about tribe and support and how important it is to have family and friends close by, and it makes a world of difference. So it's pretty cool. We did a whole episode on like finding your tribe, which was really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, tell us a little bit about the pregnancy so far. Um, how has it been? What's been most surprising? What has been totally, you know, not like you expected or exactly what you expected? Just kind of a, a quick rundown of what you're willing to share. You don't have to tell us everything, but. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm an open book. Okay, cool. um, I'm that <laughs> I'm that person that when you're sitting next to me on the train, I, uh, I go into, you're like, how's your day going? And I'm like, let me tell you everything. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no filter. Yeah. I was like, and then Gus got a bath. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, no, the pregnancy, let's see the most surprising thing for me. Well, it's interesting for those who have probably been through everybody, actually everybody, whether you've been through it or whether you haven't been through it, have heard, it's like everybody wants to give this forewarning, it's going to be really hard. You're probably going to be really sick. You're going to be really, really tired and blah, 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 blah. And it was like going into it with kind of this expectation of um, not having any idea how my body was going to respond to this new, to all the new chemistry. Um I didn't have 90% of the symptoms that I was warned against. And so that was, that was interesting in, re- in a really good way. Um, one thing that I did have that knocked me on my tushy was in the first trimester, I had chronic migraines. I'd never had a migraine before in my life. And I'm one of those girls, this is all, we're all friends here, right? Oh, we're totally. all friends. <laughs> I, can share, I could share all the details. So, um, just 3000 of our <laughs> listeners too, close friends. <laughs> close BFFs. Um, so we can talk about our cycles. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I, uh, every month I have, I was a very, very regular cycle and every single month I would get a PMS headache and it was, you could set your clocks to it kind of deal. Um, and it was really just a hormonal change. Just, just what my body does. I get these PMS headaches And after I found I was pregnant about two weeks later, I had what started off feeling like a PMS headache and turned into a four and a half day migraine, like full blown. I was just knocked on my tush. So, um, anyway, so that was, that was surprising and there wasn't a whole lot that I could do for it at the time. And I tried all the holistic methods, but as for maybe not everybody knows listening and maybe some people do, but ibuprofen, for example, is out when I had migraines before that was the thing that I would lean on. Um, I'm, I'm a modern day paleo girl. So I would lean on ibuprofen Advil and things like that to just kind of nip it in the bud. And I couldn't do that. And so they progressively got worse. Um, and some of the medications that were semi approved by my doctor, didn't help enough to really, in my mind, negate the potential consequences, mm-hmm. negative consequences. So I just endured them. And that was a bummer. Um, I was not anticipating having to take essentially two months at, I wouldn't say off, but I was reduced in how much output I could do work-wise. Um, so that was jarring. But Again, everybody says second trimester is a whole new world and it almost felt like clockwork. As soon as I went into it, the headaches went away and I felt better. 
So that was good. Everything else has been good. I've had zero food aversions, zero nausea, zero heartburn. Like oh, so man. far. I'm, um, it's always like you're, I'm jealous. Right. But at the same time, I didn't have migraines. I just was sick yeah. and had aversions. It's like the grass is always greener. Yeah. 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 It's like, but then I can't imagine having debilitating migraines. Yeah. So it's always, it's, you know, everyone has their own story. <laughs> that was like yeah, um, totally. my first, when you, I think we were like texting or something and you were like saying you were ha- having headaches. I was like, Hmm, this isn't, this is not normal. <laughs> I was like totally being a detective, like telling Tim, I think Cassie's pregnant. She hasn't told me yet, but I think she's pregnant. <laughs> so that was like my like red flag Ooh. for you. This tells you just how, totally. how little exciting is going on in my actual life where I'm like thinking, like worrying about. No, it people. just tells you how in tune you are <laughs> with your friends. True. <laughs> That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. Yeah. You're, you're a very perceptive, intelligent person, Jess. That's <laughs> what this means. Um, I, I, well, and you know what, and I, because I was also quiet on social media mm-hmm. around that time. Cause I was, you know, I, I couldn't function for days at a time. Um, and so I would go on social media and just like very lightly mention eventually, I think after a couple of weeks, I was like, FYI, I've been having headaches really because I just wanted to explain why I hadn't been around quite as much. It wasn't that I was quitting blogging yeah. or whatever uh, <laughs> folks might have be been disaster. afraid of. And <laughs> it was, it would have been. And then uh, when we came out and announced it finally, I mean, dozens of people were like, I knew it. I knew it when he said he had headaches. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, well, that's amazing. And you look like you're feeling like super great now. And you're starting to get like that adorable like baby bump and the pregnancy glow. And it's just, this is super fun time. Super fun time. Yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. So do you guys want to jump into listener questions? Cause your people, your tribe has some like amazing questions for you. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So, so first topic, we kind of organized everything into topics to get it kind of situated, but it's just going to be about like general pregnancy. So one reader has a question. Did you do anything special to prepare for pregnancy? Any tips you might have for boosting fertility and getting pregnant? So I guess there's two parts. Did you specifically do anything or if someone might be struggling, I know you're not a fertility expert, but using nutrition or anything like that, do you have any tips about foods or supplements that might help with boosting fertility? Um, as far as supplements that boost fertility, that is such an individualistic Mm -hmm. kind of answer, you know, to work with folks on, but I I can give a really good general perspective that I had, not that I had to adopt, but that I chose to adopt when we were thinking about starting a family. So Austin and I got married, I was 29 and he was 31. So where we're from in Texas, we're kind of a little starting late. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. Um, I know there's folks listening that are in other parts of the country. They're like, Oh, they're babies. Um, but anyways, uh, we, my husband was ready to be a dad from the get go. And I knew I always wanted to have a family. So when we got married, I knew that that was going, I met the guy, this is the guy. I wanted him to be the father of my children. And so now that that was introduced into the conversation, I started thinking about things differently. And when we got married, honestly, even a little bit leading up to our wedding, I started thinking about my body differently. And it wasn't so much about 
um, I mean, it just, I, it became more less focused on just me and more focused on in, in a little while, I don't know how long, but in maybe one to two years, I want this body to sustain healthy life. And therefore there are some certain things that I want to do to kind of gear up for that. Part of that was an overall mindset was detoxing some of the products I was using on my body. Right. So skincare and makeup was one of the last things that I really overhauled because I was in love with my makeup drawer, my messy, messy makeup drawer. I loved all my samples, (laughs) everything. And so I made a commitment to clean that up. I cleaned up my household products. You know, I pitched my my Windex and started making vinegar with water. And I used that to clean my countertops instead. Um, those kinds of changes. It's not that I was a, I had any inclination that I was strug- would struggle with fertility, but I knew I wanted to prepare a really healthy, safety, safe environment. My environment, the environment being my body. Um, <clears throat> so that was part of it in terms of overall what I can do in the outside. And on the inside, I just started thinking about the way I ate differently. Um, I was less worried about really crushing it in the gym and more concerned with just making sure that I was moving consistently. I think overall stress on my body is what I was trying to reduce. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying, so I wasn't going to go out and really kill it. I wasn't going to go sign up for any full marathons. And I also wasn't going to go be a hero nutritionally, you know, although I could, I have one of those, when you, when you know enough about your body, you know, enough about nutrition, I know very easily what I could do to lose body fat percentage. And I would intentionally not do that because I wanted to make sure I had a really good, healthy level. So I made sure that my carbohydrate intake was really nice and high, um, I made sure that my healthy protein intake was high. I prioritized healthier proteins, healthy fats, and I started eating a lot more fruit, um, is something, which isn't something that I was doing before. I would lean on the occasional berry, but I somewhat discriminated against a lot of the other really high glycemic fruits out there, the tropical fruits like mango and pineapple, um, bananas, things like that. I just... I would have rather have had in my mind, I'd like, I'd rather get those carbs from some starchy carb, you know, a savory source instead of something sweet. But the fructose really can do a lot to prepare our bodies, um, for healthy hormone balances, especially as we're thinking about conceiving. So that's what I did for about a year and a half, two years. And I just, I stopped trying to be a hero in the gym. I stopped trying to be a hero in terms of body fat percentage. I cleaned up lifestyle choices in terms of products and things that I was in and around. And I did my best to reduce overall stress and all of that, just again, just trying to create this really healthy, um, environment that could hopefully support really healthy life. That's amazing. I think that's, I love, it. I, I love just the general focus on like decreasing stress and not just like mentally, but like physical stress as well. And then talking about, I'm sure you were getting quality sleep and, and all of that stuff that I think people tend to want, like, I need to take this supplement and do this exactly. And then I will be fertile. And it really Mm -hmm. is like such a complex thing. And so individual, like you said, there are some general things, but overall, if you could just relax, right. And decrease stress in your life. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. We talked about this with Megan Garcia in our last episode about how like you could do, you could nutrition really hard and supplement really hard. But if you have, um, excess stress in your life and things probably aren't going to happen as quickly as you might want, whether, whatever the goal is, whether it's fertility or, you know, 
a healthy pregnancy or, I mean, whatever it is, I think the headspace comes first. So that's really cool. I'm glad that you said that. It's nice to see cohesion across the <laughs> the different episodes yeah. in terms of what really works. So, awesome. and also I like that there was nothing, yeah. it's not like super scientific. It's, it's pretty simple. You take care of your body, you eat nutritious foods, you eat what your body needs. Don't try to be a hero. And our bodies are meant to do this. So it's pretty awesome. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to keep rolling unless you have any more to add to that beautiful answer. Um, I mean, nutritionally, I'm trying to think back to, in addition to more fructose from, coming from fruit, I think I did place an emphasis also on methylated folate. I did start taking prenatal vitamins about two years before we conceived, mm-hmm. not because I thought we'd conceive any day, you know, it, but mm-hmm. I was, it was more of an effort to really build up um, a reserve of those, uh, really healthy nutrients in my body. And then I also start, made it a priority, start eating liver. Yeah. I'm not one of, yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of those girls. <laughs> I'm not that grew up like, I love liver. I just, Is my, anyone? <laughs> I, I've heard of some that grew up eating it as kids yeah. and they, they adopted the taste. Um, maybe our little critter will, will want it someday. Um, but so we made it a point, started eating more liver and Do you have a good recipe, like a way you got it in. Oh man. Well, I worked really hard on this recipe, but I have a chicken liver meatball recipe on my website and it's got caramelized onions. We mix mm. it with beef and the caramelized onions helps mask the flavor. But when I started recipe developing for that process, it was, I, I, my recipe development process is like this. I start off with the most simple way possible first. And then we add complexity if absolutely necessary, right? Whether it's method or ingredients. And I started off with livers. I took the livers and I marinated them in Frank's Red Hot because somebody had recommended that with apple cider vinegar. And then they said, you just grill it. That's how my dad made it growing up. And I was like, sweet, let's try it. So we did. We took chicken livers, marinated it in hot sauce and vinegar and threw it on the grill. And you know, no, nothing against the person that recommended that everyone to each his own, but my goodness, I don't think I've ever not enjoyed a meal more in my life. And my husband, like metallic. Oh, it was, it was something else. You just, I've just never had it before. My husband was such a trooper. We had essentially a half a pound of livers between the two of us. And he just took the livers, put it on the baked potato that I had made, put about a half a cup of ketchup and just <laughs> Loud down. <laughs> yes. Took one for the team. <laughs> He's a keeper. <laughs> when I was nutritioning at my hardest, I would just buy him from farmer's market, put some butter on a pan, pan sear it, and then like close my eyes and just eat it <laughs> off the pan. Oh man, that would work. The meatballs are really good though. So if, if you're curious, that's a good one. And then, uh, Diane Sanfilippo in her book, the newest edition of practical paleo has a superfood meatloaf in there as well mm-hmm. that calls for chicken livers. And that's really good. Um, you can also, I think Liz Wolf was the one who gave me this tip to take it and, um, freeze it and make like little liver pellets mm-hmm. and then you can just yeah. swallow it. You don't have to chew it. Mm-hmm. There's that option. Or you can Did you know that I did also- a strawberry smoothie. Did you ever try that? No. Yeah. <laughs> she she would like you you puree the raw mm-hmm. livers and then freeze them in like little silicon ice like ice cubes or whatever and then throw them in a smoothie and I did it and I think I did it twice and then I was like I just I just can't. Do we this just again. do the liver pills now. I just 
take the pills with water. They're super potent and we don't have to go through all that. <laughs> I would like, I, you know what? U.S. Wellness Meats makes the liverwurst and the like head cheese and the, um, one other thing. And that's actually really palatable. So I can get it in that way, yeah. but, um, I'm definitely going to try your meatballs. I'm really sure. excited. Um, I had a follow up question. Meatballs are good. Uh, yeah. Prenatal. What, um, we get this question a lot and we have a lot of varying answers, but like what prenatal are you enjoying and does it have the methylated folate in it? Or are you taking that separately? Uh, my prenatal does have methylated folate. I am taking the smarty pants gummy vitamins. Mm-hmm. I did that when reasons. I was really sick. Did you? Yeah. That's I, all I, so get down. I like, um, I cannot take vitamins, hard vitamins. They make me barf mm-hmm. every time. Um, when I was in when I was in high school, I remember I, I started taking a different multivitamin in high school, and I there were some teachers that thought that I had some problems. Not to make light of the situation, but I would show up at school and I would go to the bathroom and puke every single morning, and it was my vitamin. Um, so I can't take hard vitamins, and I really wanted to, but these gummies I'm able to keep down. And I think it has something to do with the iron, actually, and the other vitamins. Um, I eat plenty of other natural iron sources. So, anyways, yeah, I take Smarty Pants. I love it. They're gummies. They're delicious. They're definitely high in sugar, but they're great. A treat. I totally did it too. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, Okay. Uh, next one. How did you, I know this will probably be a long episode. We'll try and stay on task here, but listener wants to know how you found out slash told your husband you were pregnant. Was it like a big thing or would you just like blurt it out? Um, so we, I found out that I was pregnant the morning I was going to an event. It was a beauty counter event for their annual leadership or their annual conference up in Dallas. And I had taken the test two days before that was negative. And I thought that it was, I thought it was just not, this didn't happen this round. And so my husband had known that it was negative then. And so I woke up really early that morning. I think I was up at like 445, five o'clock. And I thought that because if anybody has ever peed on an ovulation stick, you have to use your first morning urine, mm-hmm. right? For those, so I was just trained. You pee on sticks with first morning urine. Well, a pregnancy test doesn't necessarily have to be first morning urine, right? Mm-hmm. Because if that growth hormone's in your system, it's in your system. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so it's four forty-five in the morning. I am so tired. I pee on the stick and I set it down. Oh, and the only reason I took another test that morning is because. I was going to go to this conference and hang out with my friends and drink champagne and eat sushi. And I was like, I just want to rule it out yeah. because these girls like to party <laughs> and I would, I would rather party, you know, you know, without having this on my mind. And so, um, anyways, I'm sitting there and I look over and it was positive and I couldn't believe it. And Austin is still asleep. And I'm like, what do I do? So I freaked out. I put it back in the package and I hid it under the sink. And I was like, this is not like, this is too early <laughs> to get this kind of news. And so I, um, anyway, so I had then the morning, you know, the hour or whenever until he woke up to really brainstorm what, how am I going to tell him? So I made this whole thing up in my head. I was like, okay, well, I have to leave for this conference at 9 a.m. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going like, to blow my hair out, do my makeup, <laughs> and I'm going to make breakfast. And then I'm going to go bouncing into his office with a noose or stick that I like a new one. It'll be like, just, just for him. And I'll show him that it's 
that it was positive, but it just all went away because that didn't play out. Because he came to me and he's like, hey, I said I'm going to go ahead and drop into the early CrossFit gym. So have a good trip. I'll see you on Monday. And I have like half of my hair is blown out. I have no makeup on. And I was like, but wait, I need to take a test. I have to take a pregnancy test. And he's like, oh, but I, they're negative. And I was like, well, yeah, but you know, we should just probably rule it out. I know it's going to be positive. So I make the poor guy sit there and he's sitting there thinking, oh, great. I'm going to be late to CrossFit now. <laughs> So we take the test and it was later in the day. And so it wasn't the, the hormones weren't quite as strong. So it was a really faint little line. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I look like the creature from the black lagoon. I was like, look, and he's like what? That looks like a negative. I'm like, no, it's such a like, womp, womp. <laughs> that is awesome. It was so real life. And he didn't really believe me until I went and got the first test out from under the sink and showed him the real, you know, the solid line. And it was exciting. It was just one of those, you know, a perfect example of we get these things made up and I've told friends about that and they're like, well, I would have done it this way. I was like, I had all these plans, yeah. but at the end of the day, it was so much more special being, you don't know, real life. And yeah. he was excited. It took him a second to, to realize what was going on. He missed class, but I think he said it was worth it. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's, That's very similar to how I told Tim with our first, but it's also funny too, because guys don't really understand. It's like, you're not like a little pregnant, like no matter what the <laughs> line looks like, it's not like, yeah, you're sort of pregnant. Like you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. <laughs> so even a faint line means like, you got a baby in there. So it's so funny. Guys have to learn. We thought it was going to take a lot longer for us. So when like I showed him the same thing, yeah. like a pretty faint line, he was like, he didn't really, he didn't want to like get super excited. Cause he's like, we both couldn't believe that it happened so quickly. <laughs> we were like, um, okay. <laughs> and same thing. I had a wedding the next day and it was like such a faint line, but I still like, I didn't drink or anything. Cause yeah. I didn't, you know, it's just that That's those, funny. I feel like the first days, especially with the first baby, you're kind of like, is this real? Mm-hmm. Is this actually happening? Or, you know, <laughs> is this real so life? Funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Laura, do you want to take a couple of the next questions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, um, we kind of already talked about this, but you said, so are you struggling with cravings is the first one. And I, I think you said not so much, but maybe, or you said you didn't have aversions, but do you have cravings? I haven't really had any craving, not in the sense where I'm like, I got to go bite into a raw tomato kind of craving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't had anything like that. I would say in the first trimester, now partially geek out and try not to get too far into the weeds of nutrition science and brain chemistry, but part of the migraine, um, the ways to kind of help bridge those pathways is to kind of have a spike in glucose and blood sugar. And so in an effort to do anything I could to get over some of the, take a nine down to a 7.5, my body would crave sugar. So in the form of fruit and whatever I could get my hands on, maybe the ancient Halloween candy that was sitting on my, (laughs) my entry table. Um, But you know, that was, that was about it. And that was really only in the first trimester. And I really think that was more to do with the headaches than anything else. Since then, I've just tried to like, it's, it's the same as pre-pregnancy that we try to coach folks through in the project is just learning how to listen to your body and your body will tell you what your body, your body knows you better almost than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And so if we're able to adequately and appropriately interpret our cravings, um, you know, if we're craving chips, maybe it's salt and carbs, mm-hmm. right? 
And so how do we get a healthy amount of salt and carbs in? And so I still have those kinds of things that come up, but nothing, nothing really extreme. If I'm craving a burger, I'm going to go have a burger kind of Yeah. Deal. You probably need the, the iron. I, I, we talk about that in, we did yeah. a pregnancy nutrition episode and kind of the same thing. Like I went through my third trimester. All I wanted was burgers. <laughs> it's like for some, I need, probably needed iron or the excess, the extra fat or whatever. And I think that's so cool that you talk about that in your, in the fed and fit project too, because it's so important. Cravings do tell us something. You probably don't need a donut, but what is it about the donut that you maybe do need <laughs> the yeah. glucose and the, the fat or whatever the case may be. So that's awesome. So have you had trouble staying paleo? Um, I know you do more like paleo, not necessarily. It's like you, you find your own plan, but have you had trouble staying on that aside from the uh, ancient Halloween candy on occasion? <laughs> Uh, you know what, in the first trimester, it's interesting because I feel like I'm going to be more prepared for as unprepared as I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be more prepared for when the baby actually gets here than I was for that very first trimester because Mm -hmm. it absolutely blindsided me. And I had, because I couldn't really cook as much as I was before. Um, I was diving into, I had made these, I think I've told this story before, but I was, uh, made this cookies and cream ice cream for a TV show in San Antonio. And it took me a while to really nail that recipe. And I had these gluten-free Oreos in my pantry, boxes of them. And all of a sudden, this is like the least paleo thing you could possibly eat. I was like, you know, and my husband drinks whole milk for his protein shakes. I buy him that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get me a stack of Oreos and a glass of milk and I'm going to dunk it. And that is going to be my afternoon snack. And I had this moment where I was like, who am I? (laughs) But I'm guessing it's probably high quality dairy, gluten-free Oreo, you know? So it's like, that's what we talk about a lot too. It's like, if you're going to make those choices, then own it and love it and enjoy it. But then maybe pick higher quality, um, did you find that you could do a lot more dairy or you can do a lot more dairy now than before pregnancy? Um, you know what? I've been doing dairy for the last couple of years, ever since yeah. I really made a concerted effort to heal certain things in my body, I was able to tolerate more. So it's about the same, uh, really when we got married and that whole mindset of trying not to be a hero in general, in terms of dietary perfection, um, per a template, not necessarily per my body. I shifted more towards what is perfect for me. Uh, um, I would say that I've been having dairy. I mean, I put cream in my coffee every morning for the last two and a half years. So that's awesome. I found that that I've done anyways. I think I like 70% of my calories were from cheese when I was pregnant. (laughs) I was like, all I wanted to eat was cheese. I ate so much raw cheese. Um, raw, like raw cheddar and stuff. And my body tolerated it so well. It's like what it needed, which I found to be really interesting, but I love that. I'm glad it's, I'm glad that you share that you, I think almost every pregnant woman has at least a phase where it's like, you just eat something that you wouldn't usually eat, but it tastes so damn good. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really good. I kind of want it now. (laughs) That's awesome. There were lots of, (laughs) that's amazing. Um, okay. I'm going to do one more here. So I recently, this, this is from a listener. I recently found out I'm pregnant. She's six weeks along and I haven't had any major symptoms besides my boobs hurting. Well, I know I'm lucky. It's kind of been a mindset hurdle for me. 
I'm worried that maybe something is wrong, but I have to keep reminding myself that my lack of symptoms is normal. So my question is regarding mindset. Have you or Jess or Laura experienced a similar low symptom first trimester? She's stuck with what ifs because of all the morning sickness that's shown as normal in media, et cetera. So I guess we can all take a quick stab at this. I have thoughts on this too, but I'm I'm interested to see what Cassie says. Yeah. Um, you know what? My migraine didn't land, I would say until probably week seven or eight, maybe. Um, so six weeks in, that is still really early. And I think that was my only symptom also was my boobs hurt. And it was, it was a distinct, you run into the dresser and you're like, Whoa, that really hurts all of a sudden. Um, so that's significant. The boob pain is real. I would not worry about it. I would think I, I want you to remember, and I, you know what, those same thoughts have haunted me in my second trimester. And in terms of, I don't have all these aversions and I don't have any nausea and I don't have the same level of exhaustion that other people have described is something wrong. And at the end of the day, we have to remember that what we see online and what we see in the news is the sensational story, right? Because what's, what is not sensational is a healthy, boring pregnancy, <laughs> That's not a sensation. Nobody wants to talk about that because it's either we either feel like we can't relate, you know, and so viewers don't want to don't want to tune into that. People don't want to read about that. They're not Googling boring pregnancy symptoms, (laughs) you know. And so I would say I would, I would ride that wave. I would chalk it up to your body is probably in a really good state right now. And you're really prepared and you're probably going to have different things you encounter as the hormone uh, chemistry changes over the next several months, but I would not stress about it. Exactly. I, and I was thinking the same thing. I didn't start feeling nausea and I thought the same thing. Once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I'm not sick. It was about week eight where it hit me. So if you think about it, you're six weeks pregnant, you're really only like two weeks into the actual, like the, the egg has been like implanted, you know, because you're really counting from the beginning of your, that cycle. Um, and so there's still some like major hormonal shifts that I think that could be happening, but also nothing could happen. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Or you could be someone that your major struggle is constipation, which I never had. Um, cause some people for in the first trimester, that's a thing. Or, um, I just echo the same thing that Cassie was saying. It's still really early. Um, but also if you don't encounter any difficult symptoms that just ride that wave. And hopefully that's the way it is. Yeah. I was, I was debilitatingly sick from week five to 10, like couldn't hardly leave the house. Couldn't take the dogs out to go to the bathroom. It was terrible. And then I remember 10 to 16, I was still sick, but the shift on the day I hit 10 weeks, all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, (laughs) I can function. And I had gotten like a a bug the night before, violently ill, violently ill, woke up the next morning and was like, Oh, I'm okay. And so I was, I remember being very, very worried, um, thinking my symptoms are almost gone. Like I'm a new person. Is something wrong with the baby? Um, but what I've learned now is that it's like so much a matter of, uh, trusting our bodies. And so I think, you know, stressing about something like that kind of comes back to if you can take some time and breathe deeply and kind of tune in with your baby and your body and um, just trust the process. I think that's probably one of the most impactful things that um, that we could do in, in every stage of pregnancy really is just tuning in and connecting because it's, there's going to constantly be what ifs and worries and whatnot. And so 
um, tuning in and, and listening in and whatnot, I think is really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Great answer. Um, moving to the next one. Did you ever go through a period of disbelief that you were pregnant, even though you knew you were, was it just like, Oh my God, is this real? Did you ever feel that? I did. Uh, I would say, and it was more so to do with, (laughs) it was more so to do with body image stuff that I, that was the more of the disbelief because, um, I, and I, I think I've, I've talked about this reason. Oh no, no, I'm writing a post. Sorry. (laughs) It's all running together. (laughs) Um, I'm writing, I want to talk about this in more depth because I think it's under discussed is like kind of the mindset shift that happens when your body starts to change, but it's before you can really, you're obviously pregnant. Mm -hmm. So it's in that first trimester. And the disbelief is, Am I putting on healthy? Like, is this healthy? The way that my body is changing because it's not all going to my belly. And again, what's the really fun sensational story is like that this obsession with basketball bellies as much as people are as as obsessed Mm -hmm. with six packs. And it's like as much as I would consider myself a relatively reasonable person. And even with that, it's still, there's like this little ounce of wonder. Am I doing this right? And, and this is some kind of a disbelief didn't help that I had people tell me, you know, like comment on my body, friends and other people. But anyways, I would say that that was hard until, um, my body really started to put until my uterus came out of, you know, the pelvis and started to expand into my actual belly that I like, it's much more of a daily reminder. Also part of the disbelief was in that first trimester when I did have the headaches and there's nothing, you don't really, you can't feel the baby. There's no, like you go to the doctor and then they can hear the heartbeat and that's your one that's your one reminder. Like this is real. This is really happening. She's really in there. Um, but otherwise you're just kind of sitting there. You, you forget when you're in the middle, or at least for me, when I was in the middle of a migraine, you know, I would forget that that's, this is why like, Oh yeah, I'm building a human mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on deck. <laughs> so, um, that was, that was different. But as soon as you can feel the baby and I think, and physically see that there's something growing right there. I don't know if this was different. That, that was a different stage for me. Yeah. That's awesome. I had an anterior placenta, so I didn't feel EV kick until like 22, 23 weeks. And mm-hmm. that was, a, that was a struggle. It was like, are you, are you there? And then again, holding on to that at that point, it's like every other week or, you know, uh, holding on to that, uh, got to hear the heartbeat. And I would go, my heart would like race until I heard it, you know? Um, yeah, and it's just like trying to trust the process, but it's hard. I feel like even the most healthy mindset person who, I mean, Laura, if you've worked on your mindset constantly, even preparation for pregnancy, like mm-hmm. even if you have the most healthy body image going into pregnancy where you literally have no idea what's going to happen, you don't really have any control whatsoever. It's still going to be work. Like, I mean, it's still going to be a struggle or a process to kind of wrap your mind around what's going on. And as someone who's like relatively thin for me personally, um, I gain a pretty good amount of weight during my pregnancies because that's what my body needs to sustain a pregnancy and breastfeeding and all that good stuff. Um, but it's normal. Like for me, that's normal, you know? Um, and so that's, that's a struggle I feel like, um, for people. And I'm glad you shared that you struggle with it, struggle with it to a certain extent too. Because people can kind of assume things, you know, oh, Cassie's or whoever, Laura, Jess, they've got this like 
perfect nutrition and perfect like mindset and everything's great. And they never have struggles that like normal people do, but like we do, (laughs) everybody does. Right. Is there a lag? I'm here. (laughs) Cassie's video is like, I think there's a little bit of lag on her side, but it's all good. Um, there is a little bit of lag. Did you ask me a question? (laughs) No, they were just the perfect awkward pause. (laughs) Oh, good. I love a good awkward pause. Me too. I'm one of those people that's like crippled by them in person. (laughs) But like if somebody doesn't say something, I'm like, so have you heard this funny joke? (laughs) Don't come up with anything. I love it. Oh, it's perfect. Um, Um, Anyways, transitioning. Do what? Transition fitness a little bit. Um, I, I think we kind of already touched on this, but, um, do you have any specific resources that you trust or like fitness plan that you've been using since you got pregnant? Um, you know, I am in a pretty unique setup in that I have a gym with coaches that I really trust over the years. Uh, I had a recent conversation with Brianna battles and if you guys don't follow her yet, I highly recommend she's over on Instagram. Uh, Brianna, I think she's just Brianna dot bottles. Anyway, she is a pregnancy and postpartum coach, uh, physical fitness coach and sort of in the CrossFit vein, but as she works with everyone from really, really high level athletes to, I want to say me, people like me, um, and everyone in between. And it's just interesting kind of some of the different approaches. And she works in a lot of different mindset pieces, which is why she and I drive so much. Um, you know, why do we feel like we need to show up at the gym and kill it? You know, is it really because we're trying to build the best body, to support the best baby or is there some pride wrapped up in that? And we're nervous about how things are changing and we want to have control over this other one thing. And so getting to the root cause of all that stuff, she does a really good job of it. So I would recommend her for good things about birth fit. Um, I haven't personally consumed the program, but, um, they've reached out and I'll explore it a little bit more, but for the most part, um, I've just studied it for a little while and have learned a couple do's and don'ts. Um, in terms of general ability. And at the end of the day, I trust my coaches to Mm -hmm. watch for the things that I want them to watch me for. And I trust myself to know when it's ready to go and when I'm ready to kind of really loaf it. Yeah. And you said that you've been doing CrossFit for eight years. Mm -hmm. So to put that amount of time into a fitness program and and into moving functionally and moving in your own body, like you have an innate understanding of, of your, your line and what you should and shouldn't be doing. Like, I think above all else, like trusting your own body is huge, especially with that amount of time put into getting to know your body and its ability. I think that's really powerful in and of itself. Yeah. And Laura and I, I think we've talked about this before, Cassie, but we're both, um, I'm a birth fit coach and then Laura is birth fit regional director. Um, and so we both, I guess, obviously believe in birth fit, but really more so because it's, um, not just about fitness, kind of what you were saying. It's what Brianna is talking about. I'm all for anybody that's promoting this mindset piece. It doesn't really matter if you do birth fit or if you do a different program, as long as it's based on sound evidence-based practice and there's more to it than just getting your body back. It's like mind, there's a mindset component, which is huge in birth fit. There's a chiropractic component. There's a nutrition component. Like it's all this complex thing. It's not just about working out. Um, and then you echoing what you said, having coaches that you really trust to, um, you know, give you feedback, you know, maybe if you are pushing it or telling you, Hey, you probably shouldn't be doing 
pull-ups at this point in time in your pregnancy or whatever, um, that are well-versed in kind of how fitness can change through pregnancy. I think that's key too. I used to have my husband, like, cause he, he coaches a lot of classes. So I'd go to his classes and I'd tell him like, Hey, in the middle of a Metcon, come ask me a question. I should be able to answer you. <laughs> and that was like my good little like signal if I maybe need to slow down a little bit. Um, but I everyone has her own needs and her own cues and her own body. And, you know, it's nice to have different resources, but I think trusting our instincts, we are empowered and pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, and yeah. I love just that I know we can probably talk on this topic for a while, but, um, you posted recently on Instagram, just a picture of you doing some light squatting. And I know you got some feedback on that, but I, I like that you're willing to kind of put yourself out there. I know it's hard, um, because you're always going to have people that are just like, what the heck are you doing? You know, that's, I heard that's terrible for you, but I think you being willing to kind of bring to light that everyone is different. And if, if you've been doing this and you're comfortable with doing it, it's not like you're lifting, like you're doing a 500 pound back squat. You're just doing something that's keeping your body moving and preparing you for delivery. Um, and so I just really appreciate that you have put yourself out there and been so vulnerable when it's a very uncomfortable place to be in sometimes. And so I think bringing awareness to that fact that people can't, pregnancy is not a disease and that you can continue to be very, very active and healthy, um, you know, throughout that process. So thank you. I love Awkward it. Pause. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm like, I just said something terrible. No one is agreeing with me. I love it. <laughs> no, you did great. I totally agree. And you know what? At the end of the day, my motivation through this, uh, through this pregnancy, when it comes to working out and staying active is just to stay active. It's not to, um, make sure I go to the gym four times a week and I'm walks and I'm walking five miles a week. You know, that's not, it, there's no goal like that. It's just to move my body more so because I feel better. I understand the physiology of what that has an impact on overall my health delivery, postpartum health. Um, and so anyways, yeah, it is, it's a different, it's a totally different approach than showing up to really work on, improving my fitness, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm showing up to intentionally low fit and it's, it's a really fun phase. If you're about that, like if you're more than happy to go and be mediocre in the gym, I highly recommend <laughs> this phase because it's a lot of fun. I mean, I was like, yes, I will step up these box jumps instead of jumping. And I'm going to be really excited about it. And you guys don't have to wait the five minutes later for me to finish this workout. You can all go on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. So, I love I, in that the I love the, how you call it low fit, but like having a, a pretty balanced um, work to rest ratio. You know, like adding in the rest time, uh, extra resting. That's just like that's like uh, labor. You know, yeah. you have a contraction, then you have downtime. So that kind of training, I think, is really beneficial and, and effective and also intentional because you're training for a specific event. So I think that's cool. Absolutely. Did you ever have this, the second part of this question was kind of like, I guess maybe this listener's providers weren't really on board with her continuing to work out. So she was wondering if your providers had questions about you continuing, continuing to do that, if you had to provide any resources to them or were they just kind of like 
supportive all the way. I guess she's looking for resources to provide saying that like, it's okay to continue doing these things. Did you have anything in particular? Um, I mean, I would remember that you can choose your, like you can interview other practitioners Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the day. My physician was her, her advice was whatever you did before, feel free to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was pretty much in a nutshell. And I've heard that over and over again. If I, if I have been, if anything, I'm scaling it down mostly because I'm just kind of tired and out of breath. Um, and I'm also not in it to improve. I'm in it to just more sustain. Um, so yeah, my doctor said whatever I was doing before, happy to keep doing it since then. Um, the only adjustments that I have made have been ones that research that I've done in addition to that and research per my coaches, um, certain ways that I am and, or am not engaging my core, for example, um, and other, and also there were other very unique things, for example, a whole bunch of cleans are not good for my headaches. Right. Mm -hmm. And so because of the strain that it really puts, um, on my neck. And so I would swap out cleans for squats, which are great. Um, anyways, yeah. So it was, I did, I had a practitioner, I have a practitioner who's extremely supportive and then a whole team of coaches that kind of helped me take it to the next level. So I would keep interviewing. I would keep talking with folks. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. That's definitely. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This, this, this if you is... got, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> if you have a practitioner that doesn't listen to you or doesn't, doesn't trust you to trust your body, I think that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. You should feel empowered by the people that are helping you, not, um, and you should feel like you are participating in your in this process, not that it's happening to you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We talk about that a lot. Um, we ha- we still have a ton more questions to go. We were thinking maybe we can get through the pregnancy related ones, and then maybe have you back on at a different time to hit some of the like fun ones. Is that cool with you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. I like this next one. I know. This one's really super fun. So I, okay, this reader says she knows you've been watching Call the Midwife, which she loves, and she was curious if you know what kind of birth you want and if you've been reading any good books or resources. She said she has recommends Mama Natural's week-by-week guide, which I've heard is amazing personally myself. Um, I read it. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's the first part. And then the second part to that, in what ways are you preparing yourself for labor and delivery, which we've kind of talked about a little bit, but... um if you want to tackle that one, this one's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. I have a really unsatisfying answer though for her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, the kind of labor and delivery I want, I would say I'm going into this with, uh, what is it? What is it? Oh gosh. Which army branch is it? It's like the, is it the Marines prepare for the worst, but hope for the best? kind of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know the if it's the, the Navy. Oh no. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm offending an entire service group at this point. <laughs> um, some there, it's a great motto. Uh, I would say that my mindset and what I want from birth, I want it to be what it is. And, and I want to be able to appreciate it for what it is. And so I know that there is, there's a, there's a big difference between putting in planning and putting in research and building a plan, a birth plan. I think that's such an awesome endeavor. Um, and then, but committing yourself so solely to that being the only option versus being open to, you know, it is what it's going to be. So what I want from birth is I want to be able to be present for it, regardless of where it deviates from whatever our plan is. 
Um, we're going to, we've decided that we're going to deliver in the hospital for this baby. I have no, you know, mostly we made that decision because I have no idea how my body's going to handle delivery at this point and just want to be surrounded, kind of be really close to resources if needed. Um, but other than that, I mean, just, I, my mom's going to be in the room. We've decided because my husband is, uh, he's, he's a gem of a human being, but I have a feeling that if I'm yelling for something, he's going to fall all over himself to make it happen. Whereas (laughs) my mother will stick more to a plan (laughs) if I give her one (laughs) because she's put up with, you know, temper tantrums for 31 years. Um, So yeah, anyways, it's just going to be kind of one of those things surrounding myself with people that I really trust, um, coming up with a very basic direction, but at the end of the day, being open emotionally to whatever it is. That is amazing. That's beautiful. And that's, I think, uh, not necessarily a mistake, but that's where these, like these women that are in our circle where they like nutrition really hard and they, you know, do all the right things, quote unquote, and they check off all the boxes to have like a healthy pregnancy and labor and delivery myself included. That was me with my first pregnancy. I went in knowing like, I'm going to have a beautiful birth. Like it's going to be exactly X, Y, Z. It's going to be vaginal delivery, unmedicated, and we're going to like breastfeed and it's delayed cord clamping and all this stuff, you know, that I really, really wanted. Um, and when it didn't necessarily go exactly as planned because I didn't really mentally prepare for any other route, it was really hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Um, and I, so I struggled. And so I think, I mean, you and Laura are very similar and I think they all both prepared mentally in that way. Um, and going off of Laura's experience, it's been, you know, a really amazing um, postpartum transition and motherhood transition, just going in with that open mind. So I really, that's, that's a beautiful way to, to kind of put it into perspective. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad my unsatisfying answer <laughs> was actually satisfying. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And then things that I'm doing to prepare myself, I mean, aside from just mindset work and trying not to be, I mean, it's, I've said this before, but I'm a recovering perfectionist and it really is one of those Mm -hmm. things you're just going to recover from it for the rest of my life. But because of that, I can constantly work to keep myself in check. Um, and this is just one of those avenues where I see it as a really good way to exercise that newfound skill of not trying not to be a perfectionist. And so I'm preparing for it mindset wise in that regard, doing research, surrounding myself with people that I really know and trust and asking them questions versus just Googling and sinking my teeth into headlines. Um, and then, yeah. And then as far as health and wellness goes, my nutrition plan has been relatively the same, staying hydrated, staying rested as much as possible keeping stress level down, working on, um, really healthy body, healthy, um, I mean, everything that I can do to just kind of develop pelvic floor, which is in its own sense, I have a kind of a unique situation. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, just kind of doing the whole picture, but trying not to be perfect about it. I love it. All right. And last but not least, what are the top three things going on your registry? (laughs) Ooh, the top three things going on my registry. Oh, you know, I have y'all ever done this thing? I may have told Jess this. Have y'all ever accidentally pressed something on your phone that was catastrophic and you don't know how to undo it? Um, 
I don't wish this on anybody. So I, I'm technology challenged. Um, I was, I had a whole registry list on my phone and I accidentally deleted all my notes from the last three years. And I have no idea. Pull them back up. I've tried all of the like, it's not in the cloud. It's not in the cloud. I'm going to go. I'm just going to go sit at Apple and be like, please tell me there's a way to fix this. Cause I've tried these 12 things and they didn't work. Um, anyway, but I would say in there, some of the things that we're registering for, Oh gosh, what are they? Um, I wish I could tell you exact names, but I don't have those anymore. Uh, there was, a, there was, there was a, a really cool car seat situation that has, I think it was had like an adjustable back. I don't remember. There was, it was someone was either for that or against it. I can't remember, but I took a note on that. It was a car seat. <laughs> um, there was some really nice bedding and then there were some really nice wraps. All so right. Those are the things. Did the wrap, was it potentially Soli baby? I can't remember anything. Or Moby. I, I love, love, love my Soli baby yeah. so much. Soli baby, the Ergo 360. That was it. The Soli baby. Or the Ergo 360. Both of those. Yeah. Both yeah. of those were, were told to me. I would totally invest in those two products over anything, especially in the beginning. And then I don't know, car seat wise, I'm obsessed with car seats. Tim makes fun of me all the time because I'm constantly like on Amazon thinking, I should buy this car seat. We need four car seats. We need one for <laughs> this car and this car and this car. And they came out with the new like version. This one's safer. Like, let's get it. But uh, there's a Graco Forever that is um, like one you can purchase that has like, I mean, it literally goes forever. Um, and then there's some other like brands like Diono is really, really good. Um, we have Chico. No, Britax. Does any of those ring a bell? Britax rings a bell. Yeah. Lord, yeah we have Papa Baby. Yeah, Papa Baby. Mm-hmm. Which is like oh, that non, was one. non-toxic, like no flame retardants mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And I think Diono is the same. Um, I know it's like a really high quality brand too, but if what you was that one? Diono Radian, it's like oh. one that's, um, it can, you can fit like a lot of car seats using them cause they're like really narrow. So like if you plan on having 14 kids and you need a ton of car seats, <laughs> those are good. <laughs> I think, um, finding one that has like a base when they're an infant is super cool because like if your husband's going to be driving the baby around and you're going to be driving the baby around and you don't want to have to buy like 500 car seats, um, the basis is fun. So yeah, just my two cents. (laughs) I love it. Well, sweet. I'm sending all the good vibes into the universe that somehow you get that list back. But if you ever want, if you want to see mine, um, I use baby list and what's cool is you can take stuff from all over the place and bring Mm -hmm. it into one list. So I can send you mine if you want, like, um, what we had on ours. If you want some inspiration, I would love that. Thank you. Of course. And I feel like I should update it. Cause there's things that we got that I'm like, why do we get this? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. But you learn the first time and now I'm like, I know exactly how we're going to do it. Second time around. I should do a whole post on that because people could learn. I know. I wish I had seen something like that. Really in the That's, beginning. I feel like, post. yeah, I really feel like you just need some diapers yeah. A wrap or two, some way to feed the baby, whether that's like bottle fed or figuring out breast breastfeeding. And pretty much 
That's Depends it. on time of year though, yeah. right? Evie was born in the beginning of summer. And so she was in a diaper for three months. Yeah. Um, but your little cricket <laughs> will be born in uh, January. So you'll need some more like, in, like a newborn sized clothing. So and one thing I feel like, sorry, now we're just getting, un- giving unsolicited advice here, but, um, breastfeeding tools, like if you do intend on breastfeeding, like for yourself. So like the, the breast pads, like the little ice packs, if, if, um, those are helpful. What else, Laura, like bras that are like so super loose. I can go back in time at this point. I would not have bought, or I, my insurance covered it, but like, I don't, we, I don't use our actual pump at all. Um, I just got a hand pump. So you sit there and you go, and then you don't have to be attached to wires. And, but I have, I overproduce. I've got so much. So in the middle of the night when like, I'm super engorged, I walk out to the kitchen and I just like pump for, use my hand for like three minutes and then I'm good to go. And it's just a lot easier. Um, and you can just stick it in the fridge and keep the milk in there. Um, so that I just learned that like this week. So that's a big one that um, I'll do next time too. But. And I have the spectra. So if you insurance doesn't cover a pump, I'm almost done pumping and you can literally have the spectra. It's an amazing pump. And all you'd have to do is buy like the attachments. Awesome. Throwing that out there. <laughs> that top three things got turned <laughs> yeah. into a tangent for sure. <laughs> Just like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll save the the super fun ones. I know um, there was a question about dinosaurs uh, riding dinosaurs into battle, which just like cracked me up. But I, I think I told you guys I had that discussion at length with Bear about which dinosaur would be the best dinosaur to ride into battle. So I'm excited to get to that at a, at a later date, so we can. My knowledge of dinosaurs. My knowledge of dinosaurs doesn't go much past land before time. <laughs> That's about all I've got. <laughs> oh, it's complex. There's a lot of things that go into it. So, <laughs> Well, awesome. Cassie, where can, we kind of already touched on this, but just to kind of wrap it all together neatly with a bow, where can people find you? Uh, you can find pretty much all of my work over at fedandfit.com. And then I'm the same name everywhere, at fedandfit, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, we kept it simple. YouTube. What about your? I can't believe those were all available. I know that's amazing. What about your project? Oh, uh, oh yeah, the benefit project. So the online food and fitness kind of wellness pursuit. It's, it's the whole idea of trying to figure out what works for you, not necessarily what comes out of a box um, in terms of food and fitness protocols. We run that group every single month. And so at the end of the month, we start, we start on the first Monday of every month. So, um, that week before is when we open enrollment. So if you're interested, you can go to fedandfitproject.com and put your name on the email list and we will email out as soon as the next project's open. But it's a really fun, really engaged group. And the idea is again, battling perfectionism, um, but trying to get, really everybody demystify what does it mean to really live a healthy lifestyle because you know there seems to be this group of dieters and then these people who are just happen to be healthy and it's like how do you bridge those two gaps you know how or how do you bridge that gap between the two groups together and so that's what we aim to do awesome very cool well thanks for coming on we're so happy to have you um, as always, you can find me at jess.holdthespace and holdthespacewellness.com, Laura at laura.radicalroots, um, and at myradicalroots.com. So as always, 
like, rate, review, subscribe. Um, and we'd love to hear back from you guys. So you can always email us, email us at modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com with questions, concerns, podcast topics. And then don't forget, we're still doing Modern Mama's Tribe on Facebook for if you're interested in finding a tribe um, to connect with. So thanks so much, Cassie. <laughs> we loved having you on. Thank you. It was so fun. We'll have to do it again soon. (laughs) All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed, hormone, and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit butcherbox.com forward slash modern mamas, you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box plus two free 10 ounce grass fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal, friends. So get on it.